everybody. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to a uh, festive edition of the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. Uh, tonight, I'm joined by Mikey and Liam. Uh, Liam, you're, you're joining us. Well, you've just got back from your holiday. How was it, bud? Oh, lovely, pal. Yeah. Nice, uh, nice to recharge your batteries. A nice um, week out in Egypt. And uh, the weather was beautiful, to be fair. Much better than back home, obviously. Uh, expected about 24 degrees and it was like 28, 29 every day. So Class. didn't see a cloud all week until I got home. That's oh, went. So did, did you spend uh, Christmas Day out there as well? Yes, we flew back uh, late Christmas Day. Oh, that's so way, I flew back at 8 o'clock in the night. On Christmas Day, it was like a dream. It, honestly, no kids running around the airport. <laughs> it was just so well, that's what quiet. Christmas is all about, man. It was so quiet. The, the plane was empty. It was, it was like a dream. It was the antithesis of uh, their opening scene from Home Alone. Then <laughs> we had um, we had a chat with uh, one of the stewards on the way back, and she said that out there the flight was full, not a seat. But there's about forty of us. Class. <laughs> so it was nice. How about first, you, first class service all of you. Oh, was it? Oh. Well, they had more time to serve us, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> King of the podcast <laughs> over here, I think. Uh, how, was, how was your uh, Christmas, Mikey? What did you get up to? Oh, lo- lovely, of course. Uh, very, obviously, family and uh, little unorientated, like, and uh, you know, the magic is still with her, and it's a uh, long way to continue that the magic stays, because uh, when the magic goes, it's a long old life without it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she loved every minute of it, and she uh, uh, opened up, you know, you couldn't get through a presence quick enough kind of thing. And of course, uh, with a bit of a kerfuffle last year. And uh, <laughs> she came to me after Christmas and said, Dad, what did you get me then? Santa got all, me, got, got all these presents. I had all these presents off, <laughs> off gran and grand and aunties and uncles and cousins and such. But um, so I'd be a bit more clever this year. I had to wrap presents off me and presents off Santa. Of course, I got all the good presents. Santa had the mediocre presents and everyone else got ever what they wanted. Yeah, so well, it sounds like Santa. Got to be clever. Got to be clever with these games. See, got to be clever. See, it's, it sounds it's to me like clever. You got to be clever than them. Yeah, well, it sounds to me like Santa's heard 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 your daughter's complaints there, and said said mm, he's he ideal with you, wasn't he? He said, right, you you know, you get the good ones, I'll he get did. the uh, the other ones. Yeah, yeah, uh, something like that. Like, uh, how was yours? Oh, similar, but um, similar to Mikey. Really, I had my never niece over on Christmas Day, and uh, yeah. The nephew's four and a half, so he's, uh, you know, it's it's really the first Christmas reason I was just going on. So, uh, oh god, the excitement! Like I wasn't ready for it. And uh, <laughs> my niece, she's uh, well, she's one in February. So it, with her, it's a case of wherever wherever my nephew had his hands on, she wanted, and yep. whatever she had her hands on, he wanted. So yeah, that was that was exhausting. I was I was on a nap by six o'clock, like <laughs> yeah, but then Go Not on. a drop of whiskey in sight, was it? Oh, uh, <laughs> not until they went. No. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> before that, boys, I went down to the uh, the Ponty Cardiff game. I think that was the twenty third. That was a that was a hell of a mm. night out. Horrible, blustery, drizzly Saturday evening. Uh, Cardiff ran out thirty two thirteen victors. Two red cards to Ponty in the first half. But uh, oh, I tell you, um, our friend Matthew was with us, Mikey. We had to uh, we had a Shuffle up in in amongst the pond. You fans to keep warm. I tell you. Oh, I bet, and I bet they kept you warm as well. Good, good Valley folk as they are. Was um, it a better game than the first game of the season we went to? Good question. Um, 
Oh, yeah, P- purely because of the uh, the one-eyedness from the Ponty fans. They made her something. <laughs> oh, one-eyedness from Ponty fans. What about you, Flatfoot, down here in the city? I tell you, it was um, there. There were two blatant red cards within ten minutes of each other. One for head-on-head. One Brilliant. for one for a tip tackle in the air. <laughs> Hang on now, let's have a chat about that episode. Go on. That first one, I would have been, would have sufficed, sufficed with the yellow. Both players went high. Yes, there's a bit of a ship on the car, on the tackler. However, the carrier was high and it was, it was late as well, sort of, the timing was all out. So I think that's more of a rugby incident. Whereas, like, I don't see that as a red card. It's a, it's a, it's a rugby's a contact sport. But I suppose there was less mitigation in the second one. I suppose the, the tackler was committed, but the player was in the air. So that's very much in the same realm as uh, Ellis Jenkins' tackle on Dan Davis the other day. Like I said, one-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> two eyes here, Pat. Two eyes here. Right. Op- Maybe look in different directions, the, but two eyes. It opens the question of, mind of, of the consistency with referees, isn't it? Now, I, I didn't see this instance, so I, I won't comment on them. But... You know, you look at different referees and how they portray the laws and they take empathy into it and it's a rugby collision, this and this. It's foul play that. It, it would be nice to have the referees on the same page and actually making the decisions from the same place. They're never going to be because they're individuals and everyone sees something different. That's well, the problem. You can't have... and then and, and, Unless you sort of farm refereeing out to AI. A legitimate complaint, I think, actually, no, I that, is but... is that... Um, because this was the televised game, it was on later, and so there was a TMO. Um, and then, you know, a lot of Welsh Prem games, there isn't a TMO, and both yeah. these red cards were TMO interventions. So I can see why you'd be pissed off that you'd have gone away with it if it was two hours earlier. <laughs> but ultimately, they were they were red cards. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I agree. Consistency across the board is, is, is necessary. But yeah, as Mikey says, how would we get there? It's just, I say, we're working off the off the same sheet, really. It's like, if if the laws of the games are being played properly, then fair enough. It's, you know, like I said, some referees will take into account the the rugby collision and, and the rugby aspect of it, and some just won't. Some will just be like, no, let the law, that's it. It's, and and it's, it's unfortunate. I think. Where, where do you have that come along? I think it's unfortunate as well that, like, you know, with this in mind, with, like, you know, rugby needs a... Man in the middle, or woman in the middle, as we've seen throughout. But um, it like it's, it's almost like that. That's the difference. The re- mm. it's it's been made about the referee, not the teams or the players. Which which is never. You know, I you know, we look on more more on social media now than we ever have. Like, but and so you see, like in the. The announcements of the games and all oh, this is the ref, this is the linesman, the the the, the, the assistant referee, uh, this is the TO, and we never had that before. I mean, you were lucky to be able to find the detail about the referee yeah. previously, albeit a decade ago. But now, like I said, it's 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 becoming more about the referees than than anyone else. I mean, like you know, as you mentioned in a thread the other day about uh, what's his name, uh, Ben Whitehouse, like you know. Who's, who's going to have the better rub of the green with the referee? I mean, this was never a conversation we had as as rugby fans yeah. way back when. Did you uh, did I, you I, notice I, as well in the uh, in the Cardiff Scarlets game where, where Ben White was refing? There were actually three Bens on the refereeing team, 
<laughs> oh god i know at one point ben white i said thank you ben and my brain just went wait what was he, is he thanking himself but no of course there's a glitch in the matrix where you got very confusing at one point <laughs> but i think that's got to be some sort of record isn't it three namesakes on one refereeing team yeah but, uh, they've done it for christmas have they clearly it, yeah i think ben uh does he favour the home team, the away team, or just you know on the day who he doesn't like? Which 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 crowd uh, boos him the most at the start? <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> odds you do heads up there's there's no uh, there's no pattern in his in his decisions at all, is there? <laughs> yeah, we we get on to, we get onto the the finer points of White House in the Cardiff game a bit later, maybe. Um, I, yeah. I think in 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 general with the referees, it's it's hard because again, it, we don't particularly set out to criticise referees. It's, you know, and it depends on what side you're on, the winning side or losing side. But some of the decisions, these guys are professional. And some of the decisions, either way, that these guys are making these days are dreadful. But it's not their fault. I think it's, it's, it's how they've been directed by the governing body, whoever that may be. And that's, and I said this to you before, Michael, this is the problem with referees. There doesn't seem to be any accountability, and we don't get to see in, in behind the closed doors. Where I think players who have red cards and yellow cards will be account made accountable. Referee, I don't. I don't even think you have to look at um, red card incidents either. I think like things as simple as going off your feet or a rack, or like you know when people are flying in to clear out. It's so rare you actually see that penalised. I mean, you can even watch a game like you know. Yeah. One of the regions playing one of the Irish teams, and the Irish guys will be flying off if he interacts. And that's the sort of thing that, like, you and should see that, penalized then, consistently. Yeah, and I, I suppose that's where I think, like, the ref's probably internal monologue is he's going all rugby incident, rugby incident, rugby incident. You know, went into contact, stepped off his feet, can't call that, a, can't ping that because, you know, that would have happened anywhere in the park from anyone. So mm. it's not as if there's a a consistent offender in that sense, but if he, some refs are hot on it as well, and sometimes I suppose they will call it more often than they see it, sort of thing, maybe. But I, I know, think sometimes again, the, that's the, the inconsistency of the individual, the, the perceived severity is based on um, how close you are to scoring opportunities as well. So, like for my money, if you fly off your feet or a rack on the halfway line, or if you fly off your feet or a rack on the try line, they're both penalties, but you're more likely yeah. to see it given, you know, when you're in a pressure position um yeah it's weird inconsistent you don't see you don't see many sort of like yellow cards in the midfield area in that sense and you like it's, it's always sort of like you know when the ref goes over to the captain and say look we've had this three times now in uh in this area of the field go and have a word with your boys quick or somebody's going how many times have we heard that and not just lately but that's been a theme in rugby for since 1881 or less <sighs> Um, I tell you what, boys, we'd better quickly do the admin before we do the news. Um, we are the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. I am Reese. You've been listening to Liam and Mikey. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so on X. We are at FL Rugby Pod. I'm at RJJ Blue and Black. Mikey is at Mikey S. Harris. And uh, Liam there is at Biz1984. Our enigmatic fourth member, he's at Eddie Rugby, E double D double I. And you can email us. We love an email, don't we? We've, we've had some good ones. We, do. Uh, we are forbiddenloverugby at gmail.com. We should do the news, boys. And um, 
I guess a couple of bits of bad news then. Uh, it's emerging that Jack Morgan is definitely not making the Six Nations following a knee injury. Biz, I'll come to you first. 18 months ago, we wouldn't have been shitting ourselves over this, would we? No. No. And that, that's how far he's come at such a quick, you know, quick time as well. Um, you know, when he left the Scarlet, everyone knew that he was going to be huge. He, he knew he was going to be a future Welsh captain. And the way he's kicked on at the Ospreys and, and for Wales in the World Cup is just phenomenal. And you lose a player like that and, you know, with I wouldn't say we're blessed in the back row, and especially at seven, but we have got a few players to come in. But I still think we'll we've massively miss him. Yeah. And eighteen months ago, we still had adjusted two brick lion as well. That's a good point. So yeah, I guess Mikey, on on that point, the biz had just made. Who who do you see coming into the back row? Because uh, you know Jack is primarily a seven. He has played at six. So I guess the other thing is Jack Morgan. Uh, being injured doesn't necessarily mean we're going to see a like for like seven come in. We might see a six come in and then another seven from the squad move around. How, how do you see the back row looking in the Six Nations because of this? I think I think Gatlin will, will try to keep it as much consistent as possible. Like you know, uh, Jack Morgan and Tommy Raffle were were the sevens in the World Cup. So in the in the first instance, you could suggest that Raffle's probably got the nod. As it stands, mm-hmm. but he's obviously he's a, he's a different type of seven to to Jack Morgan. Jack's uh, around the park. Tommy Raffle is 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 over the ball. Morgan more, more operates more to breakdown. Where where Jack Morgan is more in that sort of like just into brick kind of vein. But um, I think if you're looking for a an out and out seven, I know you haven't played a lot. Like, but I think you'd be Daft not to look at sort of Tom Young. Interesting. He's yeah. also, well, well, he's, coming, like, he's about know, to come not, back not, from injury. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, he's, he's been on the sidelines for a no while. time like the present then for him, is it? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Are you I mean, yeah. <laughs> Jim, Jim Botham did not, didn't, has, has done himself, uh, did himself a world of favours the other day uh, yeah, uh, against um, the uh, the Dragons. Like, But um, I think Tom uh, Tom Young needs a needs another look at like Tom Young on his day uh, on on top form is probably is one of the sevens in the northern hemisphere. He, you know he's... he is absolutely outstanding there, but for some reason he's just never had a look in for Wales, and I just don't get it. I don't get it. Would would we have seen the same Jack Morgan? If uh, if Tom Young had, had had the exposure to the international games that Jack Morgan has in comparison, kind of thing, like you know, we had that bit of time where sort of like he could have had a look in where there was Warburton and Tipperick as well. So like you know, he was number three. He's very much in sort of that uh, in, in the boots of sort of like you know, Dragon Sevens, Ollie Griffiths, Team Bash, um, sort of like you know, third cab off the rank kind of thing. But um, you know, I think he and, he, and then he's been usurped now by. By a very competent Jack Morgan, like, but um, I don't think you can write him off either. I, I don't think he'll be there for this Six Nations. If I'm honest, again, he's coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll get enough game time under his belt to to get there. I could be wrong, um, but I think at the moment it'll be between Botham and uh, and Raffle for me. Yeah, um, Botham likes look of uh, sorry, Gatton likes likes look of Botham. Um, 
he looked again. He just got straight back into it. He looked a bit of a machine against the dra- dragons, and uh, I think yeah, I think it'll be between both and Raffle. There's think... a bit of a difference between playing against the dragons and playing yeah. against oh, Scotland in the opening of, game. Of course, of course like... there is, but you know, it's only going to help his confidence, isn't it? I think if if we look at the you know, overall it's, it's... overall back row, I think we might be looking at yeah, Raffle, Falato will be back. Um, so it's going to be between Falato and hmm. I don't know who else could we see today. I mean, I guess Wainwright. Um, Wainwright's been outstanding for the Dragons. Yeah. I mean, Mackenzie Martin have been doing a solid job, and Morgan Morris has been the player, Austria's player of the year for the last three years. So, like, and uh, and Carroll and two down at the Palace as well. But he's going I think that he's, he's, he's not as He's undercooked in comparison. Yeah, no I, mean, yeah. I, I think I put Martin and Tui Pilato in the same category where like they're they're good for their clubs right now. Um but I still think like against bigger and savvier opposition, they, they don't cross the game line. Like we saw we saw Martin struggled across the game line a bit on the weekend, maybe a, more on that later. Um so hopefully like that power, explosive power game develops, because I, I think that's what we want from an eight. What do we see who do we see at six Anxious? <laughs> all, of a su- all of a sudden, like Wales's back row is feeling a bit shaky for the first time in maybe yeah. two decades. Mm. Do you play? Do you play Wainwright and Falatau together? W- Wainwright's all an athletic rugby player. I think mm. you can put him eight or six as he stands. Yeah. He's had more exposure now at eight, and he's come on as an eight. But he's mm. always got that six to back him up. Yeah. So, in, I say I say in the same vein as sort of a Moriarty was, but. I like. I think Wainwright's probably got more to his game than Moriarty did. Mm. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't see yeah. Gatland doing, say, Shinzer and Raffle in the back row if they're both based in England. Um, I think that'll be problematic from a training point of view. It's different this time, though, isn't it? Is it because there's no there's no Guinness Premiership games throughout the Six Nations? Oh, is that right? Yeah, there's the, the following weeks, there's no actual Guinness fix. So I don't know if they got to go back to their clubs or not. But mm-hmm. I know the Guinness Premiership isn't being played during the Six Nations. You, you'd think they would be allowed to stay where they are, like just, just for the consistency of the tournament. I mean, it's disruptive, like not just to Wales, but to other countries which have. Because I'm pretty sure Scarlet's are playing Exeter in a pre season, sorry, pre season, mid season hmm. friendly. So okay. there's, there's going to be boys in the Prem like Finn. Like isn't it? Like the Scotland are going like Ebola Finn and Adam Hastings and uh yeah. the like um for that period as well. So, so there's gotta it, be it'll be interesting to see if the boys do stay in camp and if they actually get more of a chance. That's interesting. I d I didn't realise that this year. I, I guess presumably that's because of all the teams who have dropped out of the Gallagher over the last few years. Yeah, there's gaps, isn't there? Yeah. Okay. So all of a sudden, then the, the Gallagher Premierships has, has accidentally got a decent structure where it doesn't clash with international fixtures. <laughs> yep, it's 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 sort of become its own undoing, like any really sort of it's, it's the, the every cloud has a silver lining, like in uh, mm. you know long may it continue with the, that sort of thing. <laughs> Damn straight. Um, we've also got a whole bunch of injuries at ten. Then so um, there was talk of Costello coming back this week, wasn't it, Biz? Um, and then the last minute, it sort of got pulled. Initially named, yeah, initially named in the uh, in the starting lineup. Um, don't know the ins and outs of it, but apparently he pulled up in training, 
and um, maybe a couple of weeks away again. So it's interesting to see if he's been rushed back or mm. if you know he's been forced to to come back earlier. Again, it goes back to what we've discussed in the past. You now our, our our players pressured to come back early. Um, in a situation on the Scarlets, then obviously they want the best players on the pitch at the moment, and yeah, maybe they are. Uh, but is it right? Personally, I don't think so. And yeah. you know, because at the moment he is the front runner for that ten jersey. So yeah, is he going to want to push himself too much? No, it's is, it, good... is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? It's two sides of the same coin there, like isn't it? You looking at sort of like you know you want to play in that derby game. It's it's it is whether we like it or not. It is the sort of the, the games to put yourself out there for selection for the Six Nations. It's the sort of like you know here I am looking at me, but sort of like does 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 Costello think he's got enough in the tank to to be in Gatland's mind? I mean, you've got to put yourself on display. And I, Owen Watt, Owen Williams, I think now if you're looking at it, if you're picking the squad after the weekend, he's probably put himself in that position. To be the number one ten, if you're looking at the regions, not outside look, of the regions. If you look back at the the Barbarians game before Costello went off injured, you you could see that he's he's the front runner for that ten jersey at the moment. Mm. Um, Gat, obviously Gatlin took him to the World Cup. He he he's there, and he, he's in my opinion he's a front runner, whether people like it or not. Owen Williams has had his chances. I don't think he's taken him in the past. He's a different type um, of 10 on courses yeah, yeah, no, for I courses. That. I get that. And but at the moment we, you know, it's one position now you take Dan Bigger, Gareth Hansquam out of the equation. And you know, we are we are scraping the bottom of the barrel at the moment. No one's got vast amounts of experience. No one is lighting up the you know the pitch. So I think every one of them on the day have got have got their merit. And it I've... just depends on the game plan that Gatlin wants to play. I've got a question then. Um, if Costello isn't fit in time for um, rounds three and four of the Challenge Cup, and then he is fit enough for the opening of the Six Nations, would you take him? So he, he doesn't play any of the European games because of injury, but he is fit to take the field at the start of February in the Six Nations. What what would happen then, do you think? I think it, I think it's not... I think Gatlin's got a... Got a history of doing that, you know. He's he's done it many times. Father Tau, I know. Again, don't get me wrong. He's a different animal and a different yeah. sort of player, and he and he can do that. But you know, Gatlin does tend to do that. And again, it's we don't see what happens in training with the in the Welsh camp. You mm. know, they they come out of their shell a bit more. They they see a bit more of the players, and I I think it's an open open invitation to any one of them really to come and get it. You know, Jared's injured again. Yeah. From the, the look of the game yesterday, we've seen him on crutches. So, with a, with a um, bit of a brace on his leg as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mikey, so, do you think it, it'd be fair to say, right, with, with Costello, he he seemed really comfortable playing for Wales. Um, and it, it looks to me, and I don't know if you agree, that whatever the game plan Gatland is giving Costello to execute, he seems comfortable with it. Oh, there's, there's there's no doubt in that. Like he obviously responds well to direct, like in uh, whatever the direction, the coaching staff want want to push. Like and you know, like uh, it was quite clear and obvious to see with with a previous iteration of of Gatlin's coaching team. But like now we've got a few new faces, which 
which is obviously sort of like pushing things in a, maybe a, a, a similar, but maybe off to the left or right a little bit, maybe like, but uh, I think there's a lot of value in a player who responds like, so if he's doing the necessary, then he's going to, and he's doing the necessary well, then rightly so he puts himself to the top of the pecking order. But what my concern would be is if something, if something comes up that's off script, like, you know, if, if something comes up like where the, the, the he still needs a few years of maturing where it's like Owen Williams, Williams have got them years of maturity behind him not just playing in Wales yeah Cottle's playing in England well but and he's done rave reviews as, as Leicester's 10 but like so was Owen Williams when he was playing in Leicester and they yeah. both played for Thnetley as well so like you know their, their trajectory and, and their sort of tour around professional rugby has been sort of in a similar vein almost like but I do feel that Owen Williams gives a little bit more in terms of like managing a game which we have managed to pull themselves out of. Isn't it an opportunity now though to look forward and look to the next World Cup? Is Owen Williams going to be your 10 for the next World Cup? Very, very doubtful for me. Was he 30, no. 31 now? So what's he going to be? He's going to be Cost, top of the tree no, in terms TV, of... Jorn Lloyd, they, they are the ones that's going to be there the next World Cup. So mm. that's how, how, yeah, I are we building that. for that? Are we going to put some faith in one of the youngsters and say, right, you, it's your jersey for a couple of years. Show us what you can do. Grow into that jersey and let's, and let's see what happens. But, oh, how long... yeah, but then I... that's the question. How, are we going to then just swap and change and expect them to have a huge game straight off the bat? Mm. And, you know, or they, they play dreadful and we drop them and never see them again. But that's the potential again, you know. You keep relying on, on 110. I mean, like, you know, they'd stuck with Dan Bigger through a purple patches earlier on where people yeah. were calling for his head and they were still calling for his head late in his career as well but they I, stuck I agree with it they say is, that's what I'm asking what is the answer do we, but, do we build uh, or do we go for short term glory but, but what happens then like you know I think we would you know, there's options now there weren't so many options back then like you know and even even with, with, with Bigger and Anscombe there were only two options and one was starting and one was finishing and it was working but what happens when, like that plus eight, that player in that ten jersey at that time can't pull himself out of a potential doldrums? What do change has to come, and then somebody comes on for twenty minutes and blows him out of the water and saves. I, I, you know, talking about hypothetics and saves a game potentially. I like, agree. We can't give. I, do you I do agree. Then? We can't give any player 10, 15 games to say right. You know, and, and make mistakes every single game. You've got to you've got to see an upturn in, in performance, and you've got to see that potential, but. You can't just, for me, be you know short-sighted and say, right, well, we're going to go after the Six Nations next year, mm. and that's our that's our focus. When, again, like say, you got to the next World Cup, we could potentially have two or three tens fighting for that jersey. When realistically, the last World Cup we had one. But then they only gain time to give themselves exposure at that level to be able to be in that pool of players to be able to be confident to be picked from as well. Sort of, you know. My opinion, you're taking three tens for a World Cup. We're playing 15 international games a year at the moment. It's wild, isn't there's, it? There's, like... <laughs> there's, there's, an, there's enough game time to go around to be able to have each player, you know, or give it, put some faith into a ten to, to say, right, show mm. us what you can do. I think so do you want gonna... that ten playing all fifth? Oh, sorry, go on. Go oh, sorry. On. I think it's going to be a World Cup cycle a bit different from previous ones in terms of ten play because, you know, the last decade, as you boys say, we've had. You sort of Dan Bigger style fly halves, and we've we've had 
similar deputies, I guess. Whereas this four-year cycle, we are looking at, as we say, probably Johan Lloyd, Sam Costello, Jared Evans, who is eligible but injured, and Callum Sheedy, really. Um, and then, you know, you got your guys like Will Reed knocking about. Um, I don't know, I don't know what you've got coming through the ranks down in Clonechly Biz, but in Cardiff, um Harry James um played for the Rags on the weekend. People are talking a lot about him. Um but there doesn't seem to you be got, that you sort got ben of ben Bennell up in Ponty as well. Ben Bennell. But there doesn't seem to be that sort of steady tactical hand coming through the ranks. Uh, I don't know if anyone's got any I think that's a bit of it's 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 hard because you look at the tens we've had over the last 10, 15 years. Mm. You look at, you know, Bigger, Priestland, Sheedy, mm. you know, Jared. Apart from Bigger, you know, none of them have been given a decent run. Mm. None of them have been, put, have been given that faith to go and do what they do because they didn't suit the way Gatton wanted to play the game. Or, or when Pivak came in, he, he didn't change too much too quickly. Because he want again, it was results focused because of the contract he was given a two plus two. But then you look at players like Sheedy, he he didn't set the right straight away. No. So we referred it back straight to bigger. And that's what we've always but done. But that's so, that's how it works though, isn't it? Yes, but this is I'm asking you the question. Do we be short sighted and just plan year on year for the Six Nations and hope when the World Cup comes around? Or do we say, right? We've got to build for the next World Cup. We've got to build for the next two cycles, even, and say this is what's going to happen. And so in, the, in the meantime, if other players come through, then so be it. So you have to accept dropping in rankings, potentially, you know, 11 world potentials, for the benefit <laughs> of having three tens, four tens. So we haven't got an out and out experience 10 at the moment that is, is putting their hand up to say, that's it's mine. And so in, why, in why that instance. In that instance, then there's not going to be enough opportunity, even with 15 games and 15 international games a season. Let's take into account as well, sort of players getting injured. So, like, even with Costello now, Costello's taking another knock, there's no knowing when he'll be back. So, you plug away with, let's say, uh, a Ewan Lloyd or a Sheedy at the expense of not being able to have Costello. But then where does Costello fit back into that rotation when he's fit again? I'm I'm almost exactly certain enough. it's gonna be I'm almost certain it's gonna be the two Scarlet boys. I think it's gonna be Lloyd and Costello. I think they're fairly similar. And I think they're more rugged and hard than people give them credit for. I mean, like like I said, like I said to you a couple of weeks back, like seeing Johan Lloyd up in person, he's not the small yeah. tidy fly half I thought he was. Like he's you know, he'd yeah, run me over, you know. On that point as well about sort of like you know types of players they are. I mean, like he's not that much of a different player. He yeah. can take the ball to the line. He's a he's a he's a running ten as opposed to a sort of kicking and passing ten. And I know like you know bigger was a kicking and passing ten in 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 the frame of a distributing and game manager sort of mm. player. And you know I don't think sort of. Internationally, you maybe you want your ten getting himself all wrapped up in contact all the time. There I is mean, that. Yeah. You look at, but again, you you look at someone like uh, Matt, uh, Damian McKenzie, Bowden Barrett, um, Marcus Smith, who can chuck a step in and and get around a sluggish forward. However, 
he tries that once too often, they're going to get found out really quick and there's going to be an open side or, or a better better tackling player can put the lid on that really, really quickly. Personally, what I prefer to see in a 10 is someone who keeps himself clean and tidy, out of the way, doesn't get involved in any of the bullshit at the park, swing it wide, kick pass, slot points. It's quite straightforward. You should write a book on your culture of <laughs> your tactics, Mikey. <laughs> oh, do you know what? All right. But, you know, call a spade a spade. Like, you know, that's what you want. Your t- that's the job of a 10. You know, game management. Like, I tell you what, taking the extras and putting players in their positions. In my opinion, what Gartland is doing right now is uh, tracking down Tiddis to be his Welsh granny is what's happening. You know, oh, do you know what? All right. I have, I've thought that as well. <laughs> You know, two years, two years down the line, was he in, was he in a five-year thing? Five years, was he, in five, five, yeah. oh, he, he looks about 38 already, isn't he? It's incredible, man. Like, he's... The other <laughs> thing is, he's played basically every game, 80 minutes. Like, he's at some yeah, point, he's going to need a week off, like, his fact. <laughs> he has done every minute so far, hasn't he? Ah, <sighs> tell him. Made a team. And they've only just started giving Morgan... They've only just started giving Morgan Morris a brick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's he's been in the same frame, isn't he? He's played every minute. Yeah. Wasn't he pulled out injured from the game yesterday? Yeah. Was he? Pulled out injured. Just, just for kick off. See, you can't run them all day, see? No. No, oh, God, no. No. All right, boys. Um, shall we take a quick break there then? And when we come back, we'll do um, the weekend. Uh, unless anyone's got anything to add? No, I'm good. Lovely stuff. All right, boys. Catch you in a minute then. Terra. <laughs> All right, welcome back, everybody. As promised, we're going to do the uh, the derbies now over the weekend. I tell you what, we'll we start with, we'll do it in chronological order. Look, we'll start with uh, Cardiff versus the Dragons. Mikey is our least non-Dragons adjacent contributor. <laughs> you what? <laughs> I mean, uh, it's a roundabout way of saying you're can the you say, Can you say that? Yeah, can you say that in English, please? Because I just didn't quite compute that. It's, it's a roundabout way of saying you're the, the most Dragons one here. <laughs> but what did you say other then? Well, I was, I was <laughs> trying to be colourful with my language for the uh, benefit of the listener, but, you know. All right, all right, all right. Fair, fair enough. You know, we'll, you we'll do get, you, boo. We'll get AI to do it from now on. It's fine, it's fine. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess as a, as a semi-neutral, what, what did you make watching it? Oh, it was just sort of like shock, really. I mean, like, you know, you, you big yourself up, you know, rugby players throw out, big themselves up for a derby, like, and um, they just didn't show up to the races. I mean, the horse, uh, the, uh, the gate had opened and the horse had stayed there, like, but, uh, and I can't understand what it is. Like, um, I was reading something earlier on about um, sort of the management of the Dragons, Norse the sort of thing and I was been before like and it's only come to the fore after reading that like sort of days coaches come and gone players have come and gone but the issues remain the same yeah weird isn't it so it seems to be that there's, there's it's, it's a more of a behind the scenes thing than an actual rugby thing I mean could they put Jack Niebel after in it and still have the same problems could mm. they put Rassi in it and still have the same problems could they put you know, could they put payback in it and still have the same problems? To, like, do you know what I mean? But um, to to play on that point a little bit, like I've I've been thinking about this, and I think mostly it was down to how inept the dragons were. 
with some good bits and bobs from Cardiff. But like Cardiff played like a team with the weight of the world off their shoulders all of a sudden. I imagine that's something to do with the yeah. behind the scenes stuff. Dragons, you know, I mean, they, oh, you know, they, they've, but... they've gone fully into private ownership now. I think Di Budras is um, head honcho there. So, I mean, they shouldn't have funding worries, I guess. Um, I, I suppose that there's, there's still a monkey on the back, like, isn't it, of of all that. You know, it's, it's probably not going to come through this season. Mm. Maybe we'll start seeing bits and bobs come through in terms of the Hool Dragons structure, hierarchy, towards the back <clears throat> the back end of this season and moving forward throughout preseason in the next season. But, like, mm. this seems to be a perpetual question with the Dragons. Oh, next season be all right. Next season be all right. I mean, you know, you rattle off a few of the names there, like, you know, um, I thought Nairon had another, another great game yesterday. Um, uh, Tain Basham, Aaron Wainwright, um, plethora of caps in the front row. I tell you what, Rosser um, you know, as well. Looked... In, the, in the back row, Rio, Rio Dyer. I, I think, do you know what? I think Rosser outplayed Dyer. Biz, do, would you agree on that one? Like, I, I, feel, I felt like Rosser was, he looked gutsier. He looked like he was more up for it, whereas Dyer looked almost yeah. passive to me. I'd, I'll be honest, I'm not convinced on Dyer. I think he's got a few good tries, a few individual pieces of brilliance, don't get me wrong, but I'm still not convinced of his complete and utter quality. Um, for me, the difference in, in the two games, um, I know we'll move on to the other game in a minute, but Cardiff looked like a team playing for each other. Ospreys looked like a team that they're playing for each other. And the other two doesn't seem to be there at the moment. It's an when you're playing for the badge, you're playing for each other. Mm. It's it, it just clicks a bit better. It's an interesting point because in every game this season, apart from the Toulouse game, if we've lost, we've been in the fight. Um, and yeah, I think yeah. you might be right there. I think Matt Sherat, I you know, it was needs must his appointment. You know, we might if we had money, we, we might have gone looking further afield. But I actually think he's done a good job of of galvanizing these boys. Um, yeah, sometimes the right court comes at the right time and fits the right players, sort of thing. And it's very much a case there. There, I think. I will say, I, that... I don't think Sorry, the dragons have got the right coach. So I, I don't think the dragons have the right coach. I don't think that die is is good enough. Um, I think that it needs somebody else. It needs somebody to do a lot of experience. You look at what Toby Booth has done at Ospreys. Again, mm. you know, you look you're, at... You're talking about two, two different types of coach there. One who's been around yeah, a very yeah, but, long time no, and one that. who's just carving up his career. But you look at the, the Scarlets last year when Lee Black had come in, they were two different teams. You know, and since since he's gone, you, you know, you need that quality head coach there that's who's, going to who's running the back, get the boys going. Who's running the back division in the Scarlets, though? Yeah, I mean, I, at the I, moment, I... go on, Bez. Yeah, at the moment, who's running? Who's running the Blacks division? Because Di um, Flanagan was in there doing the Blacks job, then Lee Black had come in. So are they expecting Dwayne Peel to run sh- run the show plus run the backs? Pretty sure it's somebody off the of Comedy Central at the moment. But uh, <laughs> I am. Um, uh, I, re- I really well, do. That's th- not the job is Central M. Fun there, is it? <laughs> I I really do think but that uh, um, Flanagan would be a good specialist coach, whether he's like a head coach or a director of rugby. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's such a personable guy. Um, and I, th- I think he's calm-headed. And I think when it comes to the technical aspect of the game, you need that. You need somebody to say, this is what you're doing wrong. 
this is what we can do to put it right. Whereas sometimes a head coach needs to tie it all together, needs to be a bit more ruthless. And I don't know if I see that in, in die. I think it, no. it's, it's, it's almost like this, like um, Paul Turner's come in with the Dragons as well, isn't he? I mean, Paul Turner was yeah, the... What's going on there? What's, what's, where's, like, because you don't hear about much show... about him, do you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I think he's sort of behind the scenes, sort of, I'm not sure if he's a director of rugby role, mm. but it's sort of like they to, to aid, aid, aid it along. So I'd add a bit of bit, bit of lube to the situation to get things going, like, you know, so to speak. This is a family <laughs> podcast, Michael. But, um, is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I try to think of something else then, like, but I, I, I just, nothing come to mind. You know, like, so um, you look at the Dragons, sorry, you look, you look at the Dragons and like I say, they've had, you know, investment in the last couple of years. You look at the players that they have brought in, you know, David Butters on, on, on Twitter is quite vocal and, you know, mm. he's like, you know, stick with us and, and you know, it'll come. And this, how long is there? But they've only got back into private ownership this last few months. I mean, been under the dictatorship of a WRU, which wasn't fit for purpose. Mm. Let's we guess, not get away from that or ignore the fact. So maybe the Dragons have been the WRU's fallout policy. Like, you yeah, know, the, the bedrock is the dragon, is it maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Which is so really interesting like, to see how they do kick on. Yeah, because the personnel are sort of there in funny comments. Like, I, I'd like to think, right, that, yeah. you know, if, if we, had, if we, Cardiff, had most of the Dragon Squad, I think we'd do better things on somehow. Like, it's, it's so strange. Like, it's like you know, Cardiff seem to have fixed whatever's gone on behind behind the scenes, the bits that we don't see. You know, as fans and rugby supporters, we we more mostly concerned with what goes on mm. Mm. on the park after kickoff between between kickoff and final whistle. I, I that's, think that's where our eyes are. We we get around the bits and bobs in the news, of course, but you know, it's it's truly reflective in Cardiff of of of, of, a, of a steady and solid structure. I mean, like you know. Yeah, let, let me put it this way. Like, um, I'm done. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, like, Cardiff, we seem to be playing, I think, the best we can possibly play given the personnel and the resources. And that's all you ask as a supporter. It's like, do the best yeah. with what you got. I don't yeah. think the Dragons are there. And as, as, a, as a coach, like, you know, you can only play with what you've got kind of thing. And, um, like, you know, Sherrod's obviously, you know, using the strengths he has available to him in their strongest places. Like, mm. you know, Mason Grady again, another performance on the wing. Like That so, was a highlight for me. The one, I thought the it was quite as games. It was what it was quite oh. as games until the second half, wasn't it? That he had that the highlight yeah. reel, one arm uh, offload to, for, to, to win yeah. it for the try. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Biz. I think um, up until that point, he'd been completely overshadowed by what was going on uh, on the other wing, really. Yeah. And uh, like I say, it's, you know, we can discuss the money worries, we can discuss all the other things, but at the moment, there's two teams in Wales, looks like, you know, they're playing for each other, and there's two that just isn't there at the moment. And whether that be, you know, problems off-field, you know, have the, have the coaches got the dressing room, you ask these questions, but, you know, it's it's hard. It's it's, it's hard. Welsh rugby's in a bad place right now, and... Yeah. You know, that's all you like you said there, is that's all you want to see is hundred percent given. Yeah. 
And, you know, Cardiff seem to be doing that at the moment. It's, it's, it's impressive watching Cardiff at the moment. You see the Bath performance, you see that performance on Saturday. And like I said, they seem to be wanting to play for that shirt at the moment. I think, look, look, don't go back to the Dragons. I think, like, you know, I think every supporter in, in Wales, you know, the impartial quality, the impartial of the supporters from around the region, I think you all want to see each other strong to breed good games in your derby. So, like, nobody wants to see the Dragons absolutely fall out of existence mm. over a few shoddy results. So, like, I think, you know, and to coin it, coin a phrase, the sleeping giant, maybe, I, and it's been said time to time again, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Now, it feels like it's got no excuse than to, to, to come. But I, 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 seen I, a, I seen a comment on Twitter the other day saying that the fans in Wales and the regions in Wales at the moment are too close to each other. They're, they're, they're too, yeah. what's, what's the word? They're, because of the situation we're all in, they're like, they're too, <laughs> there's no nastiness anymore. There's no massive rivalry anymore. Everyone's got each other's back sort of thing. I, I saw this as well. Um, yeah, dragons no longer feel like rivals. Like they, they feel like yeah. neighbors. <laughs> You exactly, know, which yeah. is a horrible place. Yeah, like, it, it's nice. Back, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice in some ways, but like, yeah, God, you know, I'll be standing on the North Terrace, I'll be standing at the fans. Well, nobody above. hates each other anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, apart, apart from, from you, you and Mikey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's that's historic. That is, I'll never go away. <laughs> this 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 all come from when they were Clenethley. <laughs> No, no, we're not going to today. We're not going to today. Um, I'm sure we'll come to that after P16, <laughs> P16 announce the, the after they've had the discussions with the, with the Scarlet now later this week. So, um, if, if we yeah, uh, we'll come to that next week. Maybe let's move on to some positives from the game. Um, what's everybody's highlight reel then? Maybe if I, I start with you, uh, Mikey, what, what was your highlight of the match? Um, I I liked seeing really low and Ben Thomas do anything. You know, I they, looked, they, were they looked good. Incredibly I well thought. together. Mm. Mason Grady, you know the the one handed warrior. Like you know, that was impressive. And um, I go Cam Winner started looking alright. Like, but uh, I gotta say, right from one front row to another, Kieran Maserati. I wow. thought it might be. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's number one. I think. I mean, both both props getting over. You know, Kari yeah. was off a brick. I mean. Yeah, first twenty minutes. <clears throat> but there, there's and there's a question hanging over Harry, isn't it? Go on. In what sense? What do you do? What What, what do you do? In, in in international sense? I just what, think Gatlin likes him. I I think Carey is going to be another sort of. I I can't think of a front row example, but like you know, how, like Nicky Robinson was quite good for a while when Gatland was coach, and he never repicked him. I guess they were Richie Reese. Yeah. I feel like Harry's just gonna be like that. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's other examples I can we could come up with who Gatlin just didn't like. Um, but I think that do, might. Do, yeah. do you think he's he's? Do you think he'll get a at least a look into the wider squad pre Six Nations? No, no. I just Before don't think he's chopped up. Maybe I, I. I think he will at the moment. I think there's no nobody else putting their hands up. I don't know. You had Gareth Gareth Thomas and Nicky Smith and Domachowski. They're all doing good things. I mean, even Kemsey Matthias, you know, put a shift. Oh, we'll come around to something around like that, I suppose. Coming up. But, you know, <clears throat> Dragons, there's nobody lighting up the world in the front row in terms mm. of a loose head. Mm. No. I mean, unless you're looking at Aki Suli, but he's not available. Yeah. For me, I, I think the 
the highlight for me, it was something I, I picked up on. You know, the I think it was the second try where it came off a line out and Belcher just, you know, he ran after throwing to the tail of the line. I've timed this. It took him six seconds, right? And a dra- no dragons got anywhere bloody near him. Like, they didn't move. They, they didn't change the defensive shape. They just watched him run it. <laughs> He's like, where's he gone? You know? And then, of course, we score a fucking try. Because they, they all passed the best. They, they all... They all passed the message on. Your man, your man, your, your man, man, your man. <laughs> but like he wasn't even moving a pace. I was just like watching. I was like, how is nobody seeing what's going on here? Like he's, he's this, this, it's like unbelievable. It was, it was unopposed almost. Um, my my highlight is possibly seeing Arlene Wynn Jones' long term successor. Oh, Teddy. And that's Teddy Williams. I love him. He's, he's <laughs> genuine for the last couple of games I've seen him play. Yeah, I think he's by far and away your best player at the moment if if we manage to keep him he's, he'd, he'd be athletic. club captain in a while yeah. yeah yeah he's athletic he's doing good things in the line out and i think he's again potential for that captain well we saw his future. we saw his handoff last week as well didn't we which was glorious mm, that was we saw, we, saw his, we saw his dummy this and the week, cap, which and was, the cap flap. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i think we're talking so look looking at sort of teddy teddy williams but they know like um there's a lot of there's a, there's a fair whack of second rows now coming through. We're all kind of in that sort of like mm. getting a bit more exposure in that, in, that, in that kind of bracket. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about Rory Thornton in that same vein. Yeah, I, so I think he's probably had his, I think he's probably the wrong end of the stick to international call-ups. Fender, he, he was sat in the raved about. Reese Davis, who's been playing six a lot. Um, you know, Beard will perpetually be there and there's this you know, hints that he may well be captain in the absence of... Um, Jack Morgan. Travis, do you think that happens? Um, I think... Um, no, no, I don't going, think so. Going quickly back to Thornton, if I may, um, I've been impressed the last two or three we- weeks at his line-out work. He's, he's, whenever he's gone up, we've, I think, won the line-out. Um, same sort of mould in carrying as, as Martin. I don't think they make the meters after contact, but it's weird being a Cardiff fan. Belcher to Thornton just seems to work somehow. Like we we win the ball back, which is again all you can ask, really. Like, I mean, like you look at look at the same thing with Elias and um, Adam Beard in the World Cup. Like somehow yeah. it just happened to work. Who's working singularly as oper- singularly as an operator? Mm. Maybe you can question the pairing, but as a as a functioning line out, mm. like you know, it was working. That sometimes dictates, you know, the the connections dictate selection. Sometimes any um, positives for the Dragons for me? I, I think Keddy looked like he wanted it. And I think actually Rosser, man, like he's he's a sort of niggly club legend who's going to, I think, you know, go down as a bit of a local hero for Dragons. He, he just seems like he gives a shit. Yeah. I, I've been a fan of Jared Rosser for a long time. Like I think he's, 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 he was beating two, two wingers, two opposite players to, to run in tries and has been for a long time. Like he's may, may well have been usurped by... Um, Real Dyer and sort of, I think, a sort of a return in action he would like, but mm-hmm. to have them three players in your know, you, wide available, then I think when you put names on paper, that looks good for the Dragons mm-hmm. to have pace and like, like that. Um, and again, with, with the Dragons, like you sort of you write names down, and you go, actually, yeah, this looks like a, a, a tidy team, but whatever's not happening, there's something not happening. You've got names on paper for. For them and for the Scarlets, and they got decent squads on paper, but it's just they, 
just in massively missing at both regions. It's, it's probably a good moment, moment to I move on to. Um, point on the Scarlets. Yeah, it's, it's probably a good moment to move on to Scarlets Ospreys. And so um, 11.25 in Ospreys' favour, Biz. As you say, decent squad on paper. Everything seems flat down there. At any point during that game, did you think it was on for Scarlets? No, if I'm totally honest. I say the first half, nil-nil first half, mm. completely dominated possession and territory. And we were just devoid of any ideas. And then you know, his execution really like it's yeah, like exactly. Scotland of a, of, of, of a few years ago, like, you know, Scotland could play try line to try line and, yeah. and, and, and not get over the line. Simple what execution, it, simple, you know, composure. To what extent then do you think that, you know, if, if, you're, if you're in the sort of red zone, you know, you've, you've worked you up the field, to what extent do you think like the, the desire to score comes into it at that point? Like you're in the, you, you know, you've got, you've made, you've made the opportunity Sometimes I feel like getting over the line is a is a hardly a heart thing, isn't it? I think I think we rely far too much on individuals. Mm. Um, you look at the individuals like Gareth Davis, you know, what he brings to the game, he'll make a break. And when you've got players like Fafita and Lousy on his shoulder, it, yeah. it works. And it worked against Cardiff play- a couple of weeks yeah, back. Like exactly. you know, it, yeah. When you've got them players missing, you know, then you look at our front five. Our front five is quite light you know it's quite, there's no grunt up there um and they don't give you the platform that is needed so then when you rely on that individual brilliance it's it's just not going to happen you know you contact area all game we were it's, it's, second best you, you talk about lousy and um fafita there all right isn't that something that should be player driven that desire yeah i understand you look at josh mcleod at the end of the game you know he said himself, the, the boys are hurting. They, they they read the comments on Twitter. They read the comments on, you know, Scarlet Fever or whatever it is on Facebook stuff. And, and they are hurting. It's, it's, it's just, you know, something, like I said, it's just missing. Lee Black had come into the into the coaching setup last year, changed it, ch- changed the whole dynamic of the, of the squad. It's, you know, you, we haven't brought any players in. We haven't hugely lost that many players, but the dynamic changed. So then is it the is, coaching? There isn't the budget to bring in them players. No, no, exactly, exactly. So you've got to, you know, you can only work with what you've got. You know, a couple of positives. You look at players like Teddy Leatherbarrow. He's come in, played seven most of the season, coming from uh, Loughborough, Loughborough Uni, and he doesn't look that much out of place. Mm. But for some reason, it just doesn't seem to be working. Second half, again, every ruck, every mall, Every area of the park, we were second best. I, I don't, we, con- contact contact area was contact we, area was massive for the Ospreys. I thought there was some yeah. they were flying into it as if it was they were men possessed. Like and yeah, yeah but the, look at that and like I say, it goes back to the kind of thing. Them boys looked like they were playing for the badge. They looked like that they were they wanted they wanted that win far more than we were. Now, that, I, I'm not saying that the boys didn't want to win. I'm not saying that they didn't put the effort in and they're trying to lose games and they got there just seems to be something missing like that Did, were isn't you, there were you down there for the game in live biz no I wasn't able to tell anybody because uh, um, I don't know if you noticed then. so at the end of the game the camera basically went straight to Dwayne Peel and he just yeah. blank like emotionless yeah. there was nothing there like he, he was yeah. 
like it, it, yeah, it smacks me that something is wrong in uh something's missing. So I, I, I'm not sure whether it's ah, we we there's lots of things wrong down there. Like I said to you on the message the other day that you know there's issues off the field in the hierarchy that needs to be addressed, which which never will be because it's if, if it, such a toxic environment by all accounts. Talking to Wayne Peel, I mean, I going back to his Ulster days, I never remember him being very animated hmm. in most <laughs> match interviews with Ulster. Like, do you know what I mean? Whether he's just that sort of stone faced, cold, cold character to the to the to the media side of rugby, um, and when he's out sort of. But then, on the other on the other side of it, imagine if could you imagine the smile on Di Flanagan's face if they managed to overcome the the scarlet yeah. snapper on New Year's Day? Oh, it'd be endearing oh, as like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like or Matt Cherrett and like you know how Trafferie was he now on the weekend? I mean, like even with Toby Booth, Toby Booth was over them. You could see clearly he was over the moon. So I think when it comes to, to coaching, maybe you've you've got to come out of your shell. Your, your character's got to come through, and that's got to. Infuse the boys, like you know, like I think you you, you look at the scholars, you, you know, they can do it. They've won two games this year and they're both against mm. Cardiff, yeah, which you know, off, like make, make it make sense, like <laughs> off, you know like. Make, make it make sense because it just, it just doesn't, you know, that, that game in the Elms Park, yeah. they looked like a team that have been playing together for a long time, the, I... the, the combinations that were going on. I tell you it, what, it just mind. looked so easy. I was in a nearby cocktail bar after the game, and two of your biggest players okay, walked in. You. Two of the Scarlet's biggest players walked in. They left after one drink, and they didn't look happy on arrival, and they didn't look happy when they left. It's <laughs> you're like if I if I just beaten Cardiff in Cardiff, you know, I'd be pints on me, boys. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, you'd be happy. Yeah, and that's it. You know, it's. it's yeah, something's missing down at the moment, and hopefully they can find it soon. Yeah, um, perhaps, uh, perhaps they got a bit too put off by all them bright. Perhaps they got a bit too put off by all them bright lights in the city, mind. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully. well, if we um, take a little look at Ospreys, um, it's weird, isn't it? Because like at nil nil, I I was still like, oh, anyone could bloody win this, but Ospreys did seem to galvanise themselves, didn't they, Mikey? Yeah, like, you know, they've developed that sort of niggle of need to sort of get themselves out of a sticky situation. And I even think sort of even at nil-nil at half time, I don't think the score was reflective of of the swing of the game. Yeah, I think Scarlet's coming a bit of pressure. Yeah. And it, like there was a lot of there was it was a bit of niggle at the scrum and it was Scarlet's were getting the upper hand in that particular facet in certain parts of the field. But like you know, don't necessarily reflect vice versa, but I I did sort of from the best I've seen tonight, but yeah, before the pod, like um, the Ospreys didn't didn't look out of control kind of thing. They didn't come from. It didn't phase mm. them kind of thing. It, it was they they were always. I, I want to say they were they were always going to win, but they were never going to come off second best. It was an easy yeah, team talk, wasn't it? An easy team talk for Toby Booth at half time. He's like Scarlet have thrown everything at us, and it's nil nil. Like just. Go yeah. out with the second half, he won the fucking game. Like, yeah, yeah. And how many times have we seen games being decided on in the second forty? Like, you know, yeah. tit for tat, you go into half time three six nil nil nine twelve. The game mm. is wide as as wide open as as it can be. So, yeah. it's, it, was, it, was, it was still anyway anyone's game at that point. However, like I said, you know, 
the Ospreys never looked out of control. Yeah. No. All right. Well, next week, lads, it, uh, well, it continues. Uh, we're starting with Ospreys Cardiff on New Year's Day in Bridgend. That's uh, ninth versus 11th, respectively. Come to you first, Biz. How do you see how I'm going? Um, I think Cardiff. I'm going to say Cardiff by six. I think it'll be a close affair, but I just think you you've got the bit between teeth at the moment, and I think they they're going to put a few games together. Interesting. Opposite of uh, last uh, last year there in the festive derbies. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Mike? How do you see how I'm going? Uh, as much as I want to see it like a 49-52 game, right? <laughs> Which it quite could, could could quite conceivably be. I mean, you know, the Os- the Ospreys are liable of letting it leak in points, but as many points as they leak, they somehow manage to score more. Hmm. So, but in in a, in true Welsh derby fashion, I can see it being a bit of a damp squib as well, like because you know it could they can cancel each other out. I'm I'm having you, a look you, at the you um... don't want to see. I'm having a look at the weather forecast here. It's going to be between yeah. five and eight degrees. There's a fifty percent chance of chance of rain with, with showers all day. Uh, at three mm. p.m., it's going to be do, 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 do. yeah, it could rain and the wind. So look, it's going to be a moderate, like an eighteen kilometer an hour wind. So you know. Not awful conditions, but, you know, the brewery field, I don't know if you've been down there, it's kind of, you know, it's not a stadium, it's a couple of stands in a field. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a rugby field, it's a proper rugby field. But, yeah, yeah. yeah thanks for the weather report, Reese. Now, back to the sport. All I'm saying is it's going to come into play. And I, I think, course, that, yeah, I, I think the conditions there, but... might actually favour the Ospreys there. Uh, you know, we're used to yeah, playing on the plastic. Um, we, we are a bit... We're, we're playing sort of running rugby a little bit, you know, we're not you'd be known for bloody, this year. You bloody spoiled on that plastic grass down here. I know, this is it. Uh, in, um, in Tinas, I trust. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, this you know, in my art of art, I want to see the, the Ospreys win, of course, like, but mm. um, you know, what I, what every true impartial wants to see is a great spectacle of rugby. And let's hope it treated to a feast for the eyes to start off 2024. I, uh, it's going to be one of two Don't be things. impartial, say what you want. Well, I'm I'm thinking back to Judgment Day, um, and we were pretty rampant again against Ospreys then. But I don't know if that plays into our hands or not. So I like either, you know, that, I think that's the last time we faced Ospreys, so they're gonna be quite pissed off. They're gonna want to run over on us. Uh, I guess as it stands, being as we are ninth and eleventh, you know, we are the Welsh teams to beat, which is you know damning with faint praise. Yeah, but again, you say sort of like league positionings. I don't think that's going to come into play. Come uh, Saturday, come the come the come, come whatever the game is, New Year's Day. I think I think whoever wins it is going to be the team who can convince themselves they're underdogs. Basically, I don't think either team wants to be favourites. Um, no, 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 that doesn't suit Welsh rugby, really, does it? No. So, um, yeah, the coaches got. I think Toby Booth's niggle plus the weather equals an Ospreys win. Yeah, I, I. Seven-ish points. More than a score, less than a score. Call it a outside of a bonus point range. Yeah, I think we'll be like disappointingly close to a losing bonus point without getting one. It'll be that sort of thing. I think. Mm. Yeah, that'll do it. I'll take that. 
Uh, and then we got a uh, well, we got eight minutes to talk about Dragon Scarlet. So I'll come to you first, Biz. Uh, I, I'm going to say straight away, I think Scarlet will go down there and win. Uh, easy. Get away. Do yeah. You know what, right? I remember. I think it was last this time last year or, or close to it, where you asked me for a prediction on the Scarlet Dragons game, mm. and we'd come off the back of winning seven or eight games. Dragons had lost every single one of them. And I was like so, so confident that we turn them over and they beat us. <laughs> so, the way you're saying is the Dragons are going to yeah. do to the Scarlets what the Scarlets are done to Cardiff. <laughs> yeah. So, I just, I, I can't call it. I, I genuinely can't. It's one of those games where, again, hope and heart says, yeah, we, we can go down there and get a victory. They're going to be smart in a They're going to be mm. looking for that reaction from last week for, for their home crowd as well. For me, I, I can't see I can't see anything more than the Dragons win. How about you, Mikey? Good. Me neither. Move no, on. Go on. Yeah, all over. yeah I, I agree with Biz, but there, for a change, I, I, all I can see is the Dragons win. Unanimous. Bloody hell. Don't let me down, boys. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to see team selection for this. All right, if you uh, go into any of the it's games not, next weekend. Just... Yeah, I'm going to the yeah, I'll be down, I'll be down at the uh, brewery field. So, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. That will. Um, like the last game I went to see there was Cardiff playing Bridge End last season. Um, yeah, Dan Fish masterclass. That was <laughs> bring back bring back the fish. We've had this before. <laughs> well, there's Pollock uh, playing for uh, for the Rags now as well. Yeah, ginger outside <laughs> centre. So uh, yeah, this uh, this hope. <laughs> Right. You know, Dan fishing incarnate, like yeah. But uh, yeah, this I think when you take when you take rugby games to proper rugby rugby grounds, and we can't call them stadia, then I, I think you get a different feel. Like particularly when you're standing up shoulder to shoulder, you know, be it the brewery field, be it Sardis Road, be it North Terrace down the Arms Park, you don't get it in in Lethley. You just you don't get it. I um, what what were your thoughts mm-hmm. when they um? When when uh, Stradi got pulled down and Scarlet Park Scars got built, what was uh, what was the general sort of consensus? Don't it, Biz? Devastated. Yeah, but you can see why they did it. The infrastructure around Stradi was was never good enough. Um, the place was riddled with asbestos. Was it? So it had to come down anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it had to come down anyway. Um, but yeah, my my personal choice would have been redeveloped down there, but it just mm. the infrastructure around it. It's not good enough, but and then you know you move it to a, a industrial estate, yeah, with, with very poor transport links, and it's a recipe for disaster. Like again, when the place is full and teams are, are flying down there, it's it's a very very nice atmosphere and a very, very good place to be. When, once it's been full, once mm. once it's, once it's only once been full, and that was for a Barbados game ten years ago. Listen to you. The European days against La Rochelle and you know Toulon, the place has been full. The old Derby days, you you couldn't get a ticket five, six, seven years ago pre-COVID. You couldn't get a ticket for Derby days against the Ospreys in 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 Liberty or or the uh, or Park of Scarlets. So you know those are the days that we want to see back. No, and you totally know you look agree. at the Derby day crowds this weekend. You know it's a sellout in in uh, in Cardiff. Eleven and a half thousand down in down in Park of Scarlets. There's an appetite there. We just need to fund it. Yeah. All right, boys. Shall we uh, take another quick break before we finish off? 
Sounds good. Lovely, okay. Seth. All right, we will uh, catch you in a moment. Ta-ra. Hello, everybody. Hope you enjoyed your break. We were just discussing uh, whiskey and ours, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and Biz's well, Biz's mojitos. Made me jealous. Um, yeah, so we come back with uh, Forbidden Loves of the Week. Mikey, you said you've got one. Yeah, got two, in fact. <laughs> Both come from the uh, Cardiff Dragons game, in fact. Go on now. Um, f- first one, which I didn't really pick up on until after, <laughs> was um, Harry Keddie's second try. I think it was a second try. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> where um, you know could have sauntered over the line and opposed, but uh, he did go looking for contact with young Cam Winnett. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poor little boy, bashed about by 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 big Harry Kelly, and um, and he took the try as well. Fair play to him, like. But that's just pure rugby shit. I was really right. I'm not going to run and score the try mm. and just you know give the old George North waggy finger at uh, at uh, what was his name? Which was Aussie oh, scrum off? Wasn't oh, what's his name? Yeah, no, it's, it's oh, evading you know, me at the minute. I, I know, I remember the moment. But yeah, the yeah. the personnel. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Couldn't have, could, couldn't have, couldn't have just give the old George North waggy finger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go and play big boy rugby, didn't he? And uh, <laughs> some new find instead of the under 13 so they start doing contact. Like, but uh, there was there, my initial thoughts. Was I found myself in the pub yesterday afternoon. Uh, just didn't even kick off and uh, we work some speakers with the boys and watching that first half when I thought it was full time I looked at the score I thought no this is never 40 minutes over <laughs> during that first half Cardiff was Cardiff was scoring tries and I had a, a raft of emotions and they were all coming at the same time and it was like oh fucking hell not again dragons but fucking go on <laughs> this all at the same yeah, was, time you, you, you were there like, for the you were there on. for the massacre were you <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was horrendously brilliant. It was. It was. It was a wonderful mess. And uh, he was like, "Oh, fucking not again!" But oh, go on, Lilo, you prick. Yeah, I, I think Asarati must have sold a few of that at uh, on the oh, fifth. Oh, all right. <laughs> Do you know? All right. Sign him up. Sign him up. Make him the make him the number one, number three for Wales if you can do things like that. And I, what I liked was like what um, what Matt Sherrod said, and I think he said everything's true of of a lot of props. You don't get to see them doing the things. They can they can do mm. because they locked up in scrums and, and and breakdowns and stuff like that. Like, but you know, <laughs> bit like with uh, you know Reece Henry, like you know, giving the ball, he can do magical, wonderful things. Oh, I. And uh, it's just sort of getting getting players who you don't associate with 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 a massive skills skill set. Like you know, obviously, Biz, you feel the same being a fellow front rower yourself. Yep. And uh, like you know, and, until like you actually get given the ball and you've got to do something with it. And nobody expects much, but then, you know, get 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 the ball to the to the to the big heavy lumps up front because, you know, it's not expected. And you can chuck a dummy, and I mean, like Tyke Furlong, I mean, doing it for years. He's you know, top of the props, like I mean, and you don't see, you see the, the the props in the southern hemisphere as well. They they are getting about, but like you know, when, when you when you're mat and in slotting drop goals for fun, that's not right. It wasn't even a sympathetic pass from. It wasn't a sympathetic pass from Debeer either. No. It was. It was. He was falling over. Pop pass. Lovely arcing run. And uh, yeah, I think I don't, I don't think expected to be on the end of that pass. No, but he passed that ball and thought to himself, "Oh, 
Fuck. <laughs> please be Josh Adams. Please be Josh Adams. But Sneak wasn't. <laughs> Beautiful arc and run. But no, Biz, I mean. Uh, oh, about you, but you said you had a couple. Yeah, I sort of touched on it a bit uh, earlier, and it's uh, at at the moment. Obviously, growing up, you you always supported your team and wanted everyone else to lose. I just find myself watching Cardiff at the moment, and like Mike there, will will them on? They just seem to have that togetherness that we don't have, and um, you know, seeing it is uh, is a joy, especially when you see where where they were at the start of the season and they couldn't have more more than. 11, 12 players in pre-season and to see where they are now for throughout adversity is 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 a you know ta- uh, doff the cap to them you know they're, they're doing exceptionally well in the circumstances and uh, I think it's a bit of jealousy really you know wanting to see that down in the, the scarlets and it's just not there it's disgusting you're all meant to hate us I don't like this um, <laughs> like, you gotta give us like a pushback. I want them days back. I don't, <laughs> like, I don't gotta... want. That's why it's forbidden. I don't want to like you. I still, like, I still obviously don't like the Ospreys, but uh, well, really I, if, if if we're gonna come on, to, if we're gonna come on with the Ospreys, <laughs> I, I I do think going wrong matters wider rugby. Like I, I don't think the I, I think the um, Wales squad will be Ospreys heavy when it gets announced, but uh, we'll come on to that when it does. Two hundred and eight all over again. Uh, I've got a couple. My my first mm. one is I, I like to think that I'm quite magnanimous in defeat and in victory. Um, I've never been one to sort of. Oh, I don't know. I've I've been I've been here with the one in the terraces. I've never been one to celebrate. And I've seen you on, on telly. I've never. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been to celebrate. Disappear so fast, my name. Uh, but I don't think I've ever been to celebrate another team's sort of misery. Right? Yeah, you know, I prefer to focus on you know my team's positives when they when they when they are there. But after thirty minutes of the uh, Dragons Cardiff game, uh, the Twitter account did Dragons lose. Already posted the word <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see that. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I did have a chuckle at that. So, uh, yeah, for, for once, my forbidden love was gloated. And secondly, I mean, it's the whole reason the podcast started. Uh, the Ponty fans on the Arms Park on the 23rd. Great bunch. They, they outnumbered us. Uh, they were vocal. They were one eyed. And I fucking loved it. And uh, a lovely chat afterwards. And good luck to them. Because, I mean, I uh, always got a soft spot for Ponty. Love it on Sardis Road. And uh, I think Pont, you've got um, Ebouville and Devery up next, so it doesn't get any easier. Uh, so hopefully they can keep 15 on the pitch and uh, turn over those two. Yeah, just just a glitch in the master plan, of course, you know, having two sent off, two red cards. Yeah. yeah no, don't leave the red cards, like, but, uh, you know, Reese, you know, I, I suppose you're always welcome on Ponty, like, you know, oh, you're yeah, like, native so, to the RCT. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, it's one of the best fucking rugby grounds on the face of the earth, it's class. Um, yeah, no, hilarious. Um, I tell you what, though, the, it was the best night to get two players sent off. It, like, it wasn't a night for wingers. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. And finally, and to finish off, Mike, you had a couple of uh, shout-outs. Aye, in, uh, in my revelry around the village uh, <laughs> last night. Uh, bumped into two, uh, two of my buddies, and um, who I didn't realise up until last night were avid listeners of the pod. That's what they said. <laughs> uh, so f- first, in, in chronological order, in uh, chrono- uh, chronological order, in which I uh, spoke to the boys, uh, we'll have a shout out to Chalky first. Uh, so they were Chalky. Said I would, and I have, and I he's did. Only centre ever to pass me was Chalky. So uh, yeah, he's a good man. <laughs> he's a good man. He's a generous man. Yes, uh, played you know, all through levels together, like so. Uh, you know, juniors. 
and yeah, I crossed over to a few senior games as well. Like so, uh, yeah, Fedus and uh, and uh, Stevie as well. Uh, used to play in the seconds with Stevie as well. Like and uh, and apologies, the, the guys you were with as well, Steve. Uh, your, your buddies there. I didn't quite catch names, but I'm sure they said they said they were going to have a little listen as well. So uh, just a shout out to you chaps as well. So uh, yeah, hope you're enjoying it. Hope you had a, a pleasant experience and a long may continue. As long as you're listening, boys, we'll podcast. Fantastic. Yep. Love it. All right, boys. Anything else to add there, or are we done for another week? All right. I'm gonna take... for me. All right. Well, in that case, boys, we'll uh, well we'll speak after the derbies ahead of like I think the following round is Europe then, which Christ has come around again quickly. Uh so yeah, thank you ever so much for listening. You know the drill, tell your friends, and uh we'll see you next time. Tara. <laughs> <laughs>